0: Dear God, I just want to thank you this morning for um, the time that we spent in the book of Acts. Your word is a precious gift to us. And I just thank you that you have given it to us and that we can spend time thinking and talking and hearing and learning and just being able to. Spend time in your word is so valuable and so precious. And so we just thank you, Lord. And we thank you that you have been with us throughout this week. God, you have been with us this morning and you will go with us. And so as we come to this passage, Lord, I just pray that our eyes would be open, that our ears would be open, that we would hear and we would see and we would understand. And I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come, And that we would be able to, um, yeah, just hear you. I just thank you for everything you do for us. And we just pray this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. I'm just going to take this off. Thank you. Do you know what? I actually said this morning that I like to talk with a mic, like a hand mic. So, you know. It's perfect. All right, so I wanted to start this morning with a question, um, and the question is: Where have you seen and heard the kingdom of God lately? Where have you seen and heard the kingdom of God lately? It's not a trick question. Um, it's not. I, I'm not asking for a specific answer. I just want us to just discuss for a few minutes what are we seeing, what are we hearing, let's think about those two things, Um, yeah so just yeah whatever you have to say, if you have nothing to say that's fine, Um, just talk with the people next to you, where have you seen and heard the kingdom of God lately? All right. <clears throat> I hope you guys had something that you came to your mind, maybe something yeah that you've seen or heard about or just anything really. Just anything you could think of. Was was awesome. So we're going to get into the last chapter of the book of Acts. So far, we've spent Three and a half months, I believe, going through Acts. And we've seen the spread of the gospel and the movement of the Holy Spirit. But now Paul was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. At the beginning of chapter 28, Paul is headed towards Rome. You get to hear a little bit about his journey and some healings and um the gospel was spreading again into some group of people. So yeah, if you want to have a read of that later on, feel free. It's pretty cool. But now coming to our passage, he has been traveling to Rome and he is going to Rome to appeal before Caesar. Paul appeals to Caesar in order to reverse the claims made by the Jews against him. So the second half of Acts 28, it focuses in on this interaction we have between the Jewish leaders and Paul. We don't really hear too much more about what Paul actually gets up to in those two years in Rome that we hear um, said at the end there that he spent. So he's in the capital city. Paul is actually, scholars believe, is on house arrest So that's why instead of going to the leaders what he would normally do, he's getting them to come to him. So he calls the local leaders to his house. And in their first meeting, the Jewish leaders reveal that they're unaware of Paul's arrest in Jerusalem. But they arrange to meet with him a second time, this time in greater numbers, with Paul to hear about Jesus. So they spend the whole day from morning to night, Paul uses the law of Moses, so our Old Testament, and the prophets to explain the kingdom of God, and I think likely to be pointing towards um, scriptures and things in the Old Testament that point towards Jesus. Some believed while others would not. So because of this, Paul concludes with a final statement, a last appeal and judgment on the Jews. Quoting from Isaiah, Paul says, it's a different translation as well. You'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. I wanted to point out the word and the sentence, this people's hearts has become calloused. Calloused is like calluses, <laughs> the hard skin that forms, Think of like a calloused palm. Um, so what Paul is really trying to say is that the people's heart has become calloused, hard, dull, unreceptive. In preparing for the sermon, I actually discovered that the scripture from Isaiah has been quoted six times throughout the Bible. It's quoted in Matthew, Mark and Luke when Jesus is talking about the parable of the sower. It is quoted by the author of John, um, Paul in Romans, and of course Luke in our passage today. And if you want to know more about that, (laughs) come and see me after, because I did a little kind of table, can show you my table. Um, But there were some themes, there were themes throughout these different events that kind of all linked together. So let's start by having a look at the original context to the Israelites in Isaiah. So it's in Isaiah chapter 6, which is um, actually Isaiah's call from God to be a prophet. So in this message given to God for the Israelite people, this message was bringing judgment on God. Oh, sorry, not on God, on God's people. Because of their sin and their rebellion, their hearts had been hardened. This theme of unreceptiveness to God is picked up by Jesus and the other biblical authors. The Jewish people of God have seen and they've heard the gospel, but they choose to reject it because of their hard hearts. The unrecepted, unreceptiveness of Israel in Isaiah is now used as an analogy. So it's used like a metaphor or it's used to make a similar link in between the Israelites and now the Jewish people who now during the time of Jesus and Paul also reject Jesus. Their hearts have become hard. Even though they hear and even though they see, they do not understand. In all the cases throughout scripture, this word has been linked to unbelief. They have become blind and their hearts have been hardened. So Paul, in this case, is warning. He's warning the Jews against making that same mistake as their ancestors. The Jews have rejected God but in their rejection, Paul now turns towards the Gentiles and Rome because they, he says they will listen. But the people of God have seen and heard the gospel, but their hearts are hardened. They reject it. I'm sure some of us here can relate to the position of Paul towards the Jews. We might have people in our own life who, have, who we believe have hardened their hearts towards God. But this morning, I want to, us to turn our perspective to the Jews. I don't know how many people in this room have Jewish heritage. I don't, as far as I'm aware. So most of our ancestors would likely be Gentiles, Paul's message wasn't to the Gentiles. So where does that leave us? While the Jewish people, this message was considered for those called the people of God. This has been a prominent message throughout history in the Old and New Testament. A message of unreceptiveness, of hard hearts directed to God's people. So if God was to give us a message to the church, to the people of God today, what would that message be? Would God have the same message as Israel for the church today? You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused, and they hardly hear with their ears, because they have closed their eyes. What has the church seen and heard, but rejected because of our hard heart towards God? There could be many answers to this question, but I'm going to focus on three calls that I believe the church has neglected to see and hear. Last two weeks ago, I spoke to us about the gospel going into every area of um, if Ephesus. <laughs> the gospel going into every area of Ephesus, getting into, into their politics, getting into their social life, their community. So these things, I believe, are areas that we could be doing that. So the first one, firstly, has God, sorry, has the church rejected the same message given to the Jews? The message of Jesus, our Messiah, the call to personal relationship. Have the people of God harden their hearts towards God's desire for relationship. A significant moment for the Christian church was the joining of religion and the political powers. So when the church joined with the state. Because of this, a common activity for the family was to attend Christian gatherings. Many people attended church and believed in God, but likely it was because of the way society and the family functioned. New Zealand society as a whole is shifting away from this kind of mentality. Going to church is not as common. But I have been really encouraged recently by hearing the hearts of the people in our church for God within this congregation. But even though believing in God has become less about obligation... Christians and the church should consider whether they are actually open to having a personal relationship with God. Is there an area of our life and relationship with God that we have become hard or cold or maybe are ignoring? Earlier on, we discussed what have we seen, what have we heard of the kingdom of God? I wonder what things God has been speaking to us. Are we willing to let God into the hard places to bring healing and change in our lives? The second thing, number two, has God, sorry, has the church seen and heard but rejected its call of evangelism? Has the church seen and heard but rejected its call of evangelism, of spreading the good news? Has the church neglected the call from God to bring the good news to those who don't know him or believe in him? This has been a theme and a heartbeat throughout the book of Acts, the spreading of the gospel. Has the church become comfortable or perhaps tired, maybe worn out? The church over the last two years of COVID has been really hard on people as a community, as a church, but also as individuals. For me, this is an area of my own life with God that I have seen and I've heard his voice calling for us to go out into the community and share God, but I've felt scared and I've felt unsure how to actually be the feet of Jesus in our community. But I believe that God is actually calling the church to remember our role as God's people in the world. Romans ten fourteen to 15. How then? Can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. What would it look like for us to step into our community and accept God's call of evangelism? The call I believe that he's spoken to us in Acts and continues to speak to us today. And the third thing I have seen and heard God calling the church to the poor. James two fourteen to seventeen. What good what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Has the church hardened their heart towards the poor and rejected their call to care? We have poverty in New Zealand and in Hamilton. When I walk around Hamilton, I often see people on the streets asking for food and money regularly. Almost all the time. What is our call to the community, to these people? How can we step out, make relationships and support people in poverty? Is giving money on its own actually enough? I don't know. What call does the church have to the poor in New Zealand? What has the church seen and heard but rejected because of our hard hearts towards God? What would God's message be to the church, to the people of God today, if he was to send another message? As I have said, there are many answers to this question. These are just three things. Maybe they resonate with you, maybe they don't. These would be three things that I feel God has been speaking to me about and showing the church as things that maybe we have neglected or put to the side. For the last three and a half months as a church, we've been going through the book of Acts. But my question is, so what? What has God been saying to us through this book? Is it just words to us? What does it mean? What are we hearing? What are we seeing? What is God saying? This is the last sentence in the book of Acts. Acts twenty-eight thirty-one. He, Paul, proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Even though Paul lived in a period of house arrest and waiting for his appeal to Caesar, he still spoke openly and freely about the kingdom of God. Paul was still sharing the gospel with others despite his situation. So I want us to finish this morning with the song Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. I hope you guys know it. Um. I'll just invite the team to come up now if that's cool. I was reminded of this song in preparing for this morning. And so I asked the team if we could sing it. As I said, I hope most of you have heard it before. But if not, please just allow the words to speak over you. But before we go into the song, I wanted to reread the second half of Paul's message. A message of hope to the Jews to remind us of God's desire for them and for us. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them.